Hello, welcome back to another episode of Seek Therapy Podcast. It's me, Jasmine. And America. And Jasmine Ty. And we are back. So how's everything been this week? What's been our highlight? What's been our challenge? Um, This week, so y'all know I was telling y'all about the strike and how much anxiety I had. So... I had decided to just stay home. (laughs) Out of the way. So I ducked off (laughs) and stayed home. Um, And so it was nice to just be able to rest and reset and, you know, focus on some studying, um, work out, like... I still took Janae to daycare, and so I was able to, like, take naps and shit. So that was very nice. That was very needed. Um, and I was grateful for that. We came back to work on Friday. So, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just do Wednesday through Friday. Let's just, <laughs> you know. But it is what it is. My challenge is that, so I shared with y'all last week that we're going to be moving and buying a bigger house. And so my challenge is that I have to cut down on my spending. (laughs) I have to budget and like stick to it. So I haven't done Postmates or anything like that. So that's been nice. And then right before we hopped on, I saw that my therapist isn't accepting my insurance anymore. Oh, no. Shit. So I'm not going to change to a different person. I'm just going to have to pay out of pocket, which... I'm talking about, you know, decreasing my spending and now I have another bill, but it's something that I find value in. And so that's what I say to people when they're like, oh, you know, it's something I find value in. And so it's something I'm willing to budget into my lifestyle. So that has been my challenge. What's new with you, America? Um, I let me think about my challenge. But for a highlight, um, I guess with the time going forward, back forward, what would we do? Bring your head forward. Um, that has been really helpful because you know, as a seasonal affective girly, um, having to be sunlight long longer has been helpful. So, um, interestingly enough, last week. I had made adjustments to the schedule without even realizing I had did it. And I'm thankful I did ahead of time. So every day I was done by at least three or four, um, which if you know, you know, that's a big deal. And I only saw like three or four people most days. So that's an adjustment. And so I was able to do, I think a couple episodes ago, I told y'all about the 80 things to do um after work situation so I was able to do those and that was really nice and refreshing 
and I didn't find myself like trying to uh, do the reven revenge procrastination. So I got to do things that were fun. I did a thing or two that was productive, household tour, and then was able to go to bed. So that was nice. Um, and then my challenge. What's my challenge? What's my challenge? I had to catch myself last night because I felt more, I felt less chaotic. Things felt less chaotic last week. And so I had to catch myself because that's not my norm. And so a challenge is just allowing myself to enter a period of letting my brain know that it's safe enough to relax. And that's not a bad thing. It's it's actually a good thing. And like, no, something bad isn't about to happen just because things feel good. Like, this is how it's supposed to feel. You deserve for things to feel good and calm and grounded. So that was a little bit of a challenge. I like that. Um, I have to say, so I would say I actually wrote down shaking off seasonal depression as my challenge. Um, but when we spring forward in the time that just, it gives me a little pep in my step. Cause that means that we're coming up on summer when the sun doesn't go down until nine. And like, those are really, that's just like my favorite time of the year personally. Um, I would say definitely my highlight has been, so for me, my word for 2023, uh, is flourish. And so the start of spring, the beginning of the year was a little rocky, but for me, the start of spring uh, was my new challenge, right? It's me getting started. And so it's only been a week, but I feel good. I'm being intentional about my time and my energy. And I'm confident by, uh, I have a few family trips coming up this year to Mexico to Thailand and like I want to feel good. Um, I don't want to be feeling casually going to Thailand. Yes, on my daddy's dime too. That's the best part, girl. This is why I am glad I'm not married yet because I don't Can't know. Wait, Tom. No, for real. <laughs> it's for my uh, stepsister's thirtieth birthday. And so my dad's wife, her mom is like coordinating everything. But of course, it's become now a family trip. And so, yeah. And it's funny because it's like, I feel like if I were married, I don't know that he would, put, you know what I mean? Put the bill for me in these instances. So, you know, I'm glad to be a single black woman in America. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. But I'm determined that. This is the year that uh, I really discipline myself. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm here, you know, I ain't got time for the bullshit anymore. So yeah. Purr. <laughs> it's up and it's stuck. <laughs> so y'all know we like to put y'all on new things. So. Very. Yes, man. What's your new new for the week? My new, my Mew Mew. <laughs> I wish it was a Mew Mew, right? My new new for the week <laughs> is Elaine Welter Roth's masterclass. 
I had mm-hmm. watched it a year ago when it first came out. And since then, it's just been in my mind to really sit down and write down and write out the steps that she gave um, about being intentional and in where you want your career to go, what spaces you want to occupy. And I just so happened to go out to dinner with my bonus mom um, earlier this week. And we sat down and we don't normally like go out to dinner, just the two of us. We haven't done that in a while, but she just randomly was on my side of town and hit me up. And so we met up for dinner and she's been with, uh, with, well, I wouldn't say her job, but she's a chemical engineer and she's been with her company for 20 plus years. And so she meets with a colleague and they start talking about the very things that are in this video that Elaine is talking about. And it's uh, basically a career map, you know, writing out what spaces you want to occupy and like, you know, how you would necessarily get there and start being intentional, writing it down, visualizing. And we talked about these things. And so it was just validating for me um, that I can create this for myself and truly have a parent that is doing the same, but I can lean on her wisdom Mm -hmm. through the process. And so I think it's just, it's time uh, that I revisit that, you know, and just continue this season of being intentional and setting up my future. Cause I was not thinking about Jasmine Ty 10, 20 years from now when I was in my twenties, like I was really just trying to survive Mm -hmm. process trauma and now I'm in a different place. It's a new decade. It's time. It is time. <laughs> what about you, America? What's new for you? So it's not necessarily a new thing, but it's something I just finished. Well, I watched two things. Which one do I want to share? If you like reality, it's competition shows. Please watch the new season of Love is Blind. Um, really? Yes. The new season oh. came on Friday. Okay. Um, of course, it's on Netflix. Watch it and get you a chuckle or not. Um, yeah. I'm a sucker for the reality love shows, competition shows. So go, just go get you some, some joy. Some really good belly chuckles. Um, yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. Much There's more Black people this go around, you know, normally we don't get to see black folks okay. fall in love on there. Um, so there's more of that. So that's nice to see. Are they actually doing that? Are they falling in love? There's more black people on there this season. All right. And okay. they are, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> I can't speak to the fall in love piece, but I would say yes. 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 A little bit, but you know, there's still much to be desired as far as um, obviously still a lot of colorism Mm -hmm. in the space of reality dating shows and competitions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's still pretty obvious in this season. Um, Still need some work around representation of body because everybody not skinny and everybody that wants to be in love is not 115 pounds. But, you know, better than they have done previously, I would argue. So okay. it has been a joy. It's a hoot. All right. I know that first season, the couple, I forget the guy's name. Lauren Cameron. 
well, they're still together, mm-hmm. but the black couple, I know her name was Diamond. I can't think of the guy's name, yeah. Chris or something, but just the whole blow up about him being bisexual. His name it is. was just so uncomfortable to watch. And I just remember the whole time yelling at the TV. Why didn't you say that in the pod? Carlton. You know? Carlton. You know, and then to like be in his confessionals telling the camera, we're like, I've been discriminated against for this. Women have left me for this. People think I'm gay for this. And it's like, well, if that is a big insecurity of yours, with this type of social experiment, why not just lead with that? Right. And see what happens. And so that just really bothered me. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about that in our reality TV episode, but that was definitely a moment in reality television. He is the epitome of self-sabotage, too, because mm-hmm. I believe fully that if he would have told her in the beginning that he was bisexual and explained his history to her, I think they could have made it work because she seems to be a very open human, but he didn't give her the chance. And that exactly. was a whole other thing. But He didn't give her the option. And then as soon as he did tell her and she responded in the way that is typical, mm-hmm. it was self-sabotage. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he thought she was mad because he was bisexual. I would argue she was mad because he lied. Or he right. Only- Right. And at this point, now we're engaged and you're already starting this off with keeping something huge from me. Right. right. Yeah. And that's a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. I will say that also um, Queen's Court on Peacock is a good little reality love show. It has Tamar, Nivea, and um, Evelyn Lozada on there. And it is interesting like they have good deep conversations and so i think that is um also a good um part of reality tv and love and all that um my new new before janae continues is uh the housemaids series it's a book series i mean i don't know if it's a book series but it's two books and i read them both this month. Um, the first one is The Housemaid, and I read it in one day. And then The Housemaid Secret, I read in two days. So it's really good. It's really interesting. They're by Frida McFadden. Um, and they are just page turners. I've told my friends about it. They just like, I'm dead with the book. What's next? So um these are the kinds of stories that I like to read about, like thrillers, like shocking stuff. So pull up on a good book and do not read One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose because that was boring. <laughs> Be aware. <laughs> Fun fact. America. Hmm. I, I've be feeling like you forget that we could see you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was looking at the book on Amazon. My bad. <laughs> you was reading the synopsis. Mm-hmm. It sounds interesting. It does. I highly recommend. And since I got the Kindle, I literally have read so many books so quick. So um, this is not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I feel like I'm always talking about the Kindle, but yeah. Um, <sighs> shutting down. Sometimes you just want to shut it down. <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> what's the difference? Um, sometimes people say things that make you want to shut down, right? And whether that is because you are processing the disrespect that just came your way, um, or you don't want to engage in like a confrontation, um, shutting down can be harmful, you know? It takes away the opportunity of having those healing and growth conversations, whether it's with like a friend or significant other, whatever the case may be. Um, and I know that it is difficult to have uncomfortable conversations and to say like, hey, when you talked about my, I don't know, whatever, like I felt this way, it's uncomfortable. I understand that. And it's not normal to not address your feelings or concerns with people and just continue on. What has been your experience? Like, do you ever find yourself shutting down? Maybe like, your friend does some raggedy shit, <laughs> you know, do you find yourself shutting down, like shutting off, not wanting to confront it, not wanting to talk about it? Or are you someone who's wanting to talk about it? And if you do want to talk about it, do you want to talk about it right then when the disrespect ensues or after you have time to kind of process it? So I see shutting down as um, a coping mechanism and I see it as a trauma response. So of course, when we're talking about fight, flee, freeze or fawn, to me in that moment of shutting down, that's your freeze system kicking in. And so that is happening in that moment to protect you and hell. Sometimes maybe other people to protect other people yeah. from what may or may not happen if you have a your your knee jerk response. I have found myself sometimes in those moments of freeze, and it's almost like a disassociation. So I'm not even here anymore. I am over there. Because if I'm here, we're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And that for me, um, I'm not conflict avoidant at all. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to press the issue. Guess what I have time today. And any other day. Um, or at least that has been my default. Mm -hmm. So I would say in times of if, it's, if I'm feeling unsafe in my body, um, historically, it has been a fight, typically a fight situation, whether that's a physical or that's a verbal, usually verbal. Um, and so that has been my go-to. I've noticed as I've gotten older, though, it's been more of a freeze. And it's 
I'm going to get quiet. I'm no longer present. And then when I have the opportunity, I'm then processing how I feel mm-hmm. and so that I can come back to this conversation. Now, sometimes it feels like in those moments, it's almost like I don't, I don't care. And I think that's the defense mechanism too, right? Of like, right. I don't care. it's not a big deal. It don't matter. It's not, not worth sure. a lot. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, which is why people are always like, wow, you're cool as a cucumber. Your things can be so chaotic, and you just like, yep, mm-hmm, okay, cool. But that's because I was taught you don't let people see you sweat. So in those situations, that kind of becomes my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think we there's a certain level of vulnerability that comes from being willing to have conversations and tell somebody like, I need a minute. And then coming back and saying, you know, that was some raggedy shit you said, or what you mm-hmm. said really hurt my feelings. Right. And we need to have a conversation about this or what you said, I heard. And that takes a lot of self-awareness and that takes a lot of practice. And for most of us, especially in terms of identifying our feelings and then communicating them with people, that's not necessarily a skill that we've been taught. Right. Yeah. Oh, I agree hundred percent. First, when I think shutting down, I'm not going to lie. The first thing that comes to my mind is uh, what I do when I'm depressed. Mm. Which is that shutting out. Shut down. Yes. Uh, shut it down. Um, <laughs> when it comes to confrontation with people, I too have noticed the older I get, the more steadfast I am in just being grounded in myself, right? And so I am liable to say something in the moment. I am also always that person that has something even sassier to say uh, two hours later. After <laughs> after, after <laughs> I ruminated on it. <laughs> I have a few more reads to give you two hours after the situation. Um, and another thing. <laughs> another thing. Um. So yeah, I, I'm leaning more towards that with age, but I am definitely uh, understanding and can relate to just, I was raised in a way to minimize myself. Mm. And so it has taken a lot of unlearning to mm-hmm. do that. And when I am hurt or feeling uh, defensive, it was real quick in the past to minimize myself, to make right. myself smaller. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's taken time to get out of that and not to necessarily puff my chest to seem bigger. Cause that can also be a defense mechanism. Right. Uh, but to rather just, uh, stand my ground and assert myself. Yeah. Uh, my mom and I, go back and forth because I there are some things that I'm still trying to break free of between like being respectful, especially when it's older black women that are crossing a line. I notice that I don't necessarily notice it. My mom calls me out of it and she'll be like, you're not a little kid anymore. Like you are also a grown ass woman. Mm. You know, just because this is an elder doesn't mean you have to necessarily bite your tongue. There's a way of of checking any bitch, really. Mm-hmm. Put it, put out, put it. <laughs> um, and so those are lessons that 
I am still learning. Yeah. yeah. I think I've never had an issue addressing my feelings <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um, I recall being in middle school and my friend did something that pissed me off and she was like, are you mad at me? And I was like, yes. And that was like <laughs> the conversation. Um, and so for me, like, I'm, I think it's been difficult trying to decide what deserves me like having those conversations and what doesn't right? Because it's very easy to be reactive. Like if you're looking for reasons to get upset, you can find them. Um, and so I think I've been working on that part because I know when I first got to my job, it was like, oh, I got to check them, you know, but now I'm like, let me just kind of take a step back and read from just like plain eyes and not eyes that are upset because they did this X, Y, and Z last week, you know? And so in relationships, especially in my last relationship, um, it was very easy to shut down because that nigga didn't know how to express himself effectively. So it's like, we're not about to have this conversation because you don't even have the awareness to verbalize what's going on. And so me telling you something will just result in you trying to gaslight me. And so that's why when I got with Joe and he did do minor things that would like irritate me and I would just like not want to talk about it. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? Like, what did I do? Whatever the case may be. And so he really pushed me. Look at this, a therapist not wanting to talk about it. Um, he really pushed me to have those uncomfortable conversations. Um, and that's something that never happened in my last little situation like that was never the norm and so there wasn't an opportunity to shut down because he made it a safe space to address and confront whatever is irritating me and i'm still waiting for the day for <laughs> that i say something you know that he did something that irritated me where he responds in a negative way it hasn't happened not to say that like he just, uh, yes, man, like, no, not at all. But he's never invalidated my feelings, you know? And so I think that's what makes a difference. If you have a partner that allows you that space to be vulnerable and say like, hey, I was mad that you did X, Y, and Z, you know, then you're more willing to do that. And if you're able to do that in that relationship, you're more likely to do that in other relationships too. Mm -hmm. But when it's not safe to do that in that relationship, and maybe it hasn't been safe to do that in friendships, then it's given, I'm about to shut it on down. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I've had friends that would have situations happen and it would upset them, right? No one knew that it upset them because it was never explicitly stated to the person, at least, right? But everything's just building and building. And two years later, when you did this, 
in 2020. Wait, what? <laughs> and that is why I tell my students, like, not talking about stuff doesn't make it go away. Like, you're just going to get mad at somebody that eats your last little chicken nugget and you're going to let off all your trauma on them. <laughs> and that's not cute. It's not. It's it's very much not giving cute. Why are you I'm, fighting this lady over at a barbecue sauce? <laughs> oh, my I've, I've been guilty of that, though, in friendships in particular, of there being something that bothered me, and it took a while for me to have that conversation. And I think that kind of goes back to um, how I've been conditioned. So I've been conditioned. You don't let people see you sweat. You're going to be calm and cool under all circumstances. So if I'm coming to somebody, well, friendship in particular, and I'm saying, hey, when you said this, 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 and this, and did this, then that was harmful for me. It feels icky. It's like, well, does it really matter? Well, I don't really care because, bitch, I don't care about your opinion and I don't need this and I don't da-da-da-da-da. And what I've realized is there's a level of self-protection there. So I think in instances, like, I could dismiss how I felt because I didn't want to allow myself the opportunity to feel that and then be honest about the fact that my feelings were hurt. Right, right about the fact that I wanted to continue to be around somebody who thought it was okay to say and do these things. Right. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. And in times it's like, this is the easiest way to deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the center of it, it's like, do we really have the friendship that I desire if I cannot come to you and right. tell you that you hurt my feelings? Right. Yeah. Which is why the safety piece is important. Right. Also, though, there has to be a certain level of internal safety available, right. too. So, like, you can be around people who give you validation and make you feel safe enough to share how you feel. But if you don't feel safe enough even identifying, acknowledging, sitting right. with your feelings, it's going to be really difficult for you to have those conversations with other people, even when they want to listen. Right. Yeah. And that takes me back to like a meme that I posted that was like, you got to stop being mad that people aren't supporting you when they can't even support themselves. And I was like, <laughs> not me expecting something that they can't even give themselves. Why am I tripping? Right. You can't even be real with yourself to then be real with me. So why am I tripping? And that's for not not for everybody. Some people are just trash ass people. But mm -hmm. <laughs> for a lot of people, though, that goes back to their childhood and their condition. Right. right? right. So like, most of us, most black and brown kids at some point or another have heard like um, big girls don't cry. Be a good girl. Be a good boy. Big boys don't cry. Stop crying. Do this. Do that. Mm -hmm. And so we've been conditioned in many ways to believe that we can't externalize our feelings or we don't get to feel these things because these right. are unacceptable emotions. And right. so if you go throughout life thinking that you can't, or as you get older, mom, I'm depressed. You better go depress them damn bitches. <laughs> Why did we have the same life? No. <laughs> what? Woman, I am in here contemplating. 
Okay. That's my 13th reason why, bitch. Add that to the list. What you mean? Or you whatever just all of the things that we most of us, not everybody. I haven't met nobody who ain't heard some phrase, but right. Um, those things teach you that when you go to people, these are your parents, right? Like these are the closest supposed to be safety. Right. And so if you're going to them talking about your feelings and they're minimizing it, you can't be stressed. You a child and you can't this, you a child and wait till you become this and da, 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 da. Then you learn quickly that, okay, when I tell people I'm feeling something, ooh, it feels intense. Let me go find this person that's supposed to be safe and share. You go to that person and you share and they shut it down or minimize it. Then you start mm-hmm. to believe, especially at that age, that, okay, right. feelings are not safe. It's right. not safe to talk about my feelings. And when I do, nothing changes. So I'm not even going to bother. Mm-hmm. And then you grow up into an adult who continues to do that same thing until you learn different or do different. Right. Yeah. America just <laughs> read somebody they rights. No, for real. Somebody just swerved the car listening to this. Not swerve the car. Please don't swerve. Because <laughs> you cannot be held responsible for anything that happens while you listen right. to <laughs> My liability it. insurance only cover over here. So right. right. Do not send us I the don't bill. know what to tell you. Right. Doing <laughs> <laughs> it next week. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about a wig snatch. Um yeah. I could relate to all that. I I now, in order to protect my feelings, uh, protect myself. Uh, if if a situation so for me if I feel like my you know like when you're like your blood just starts to boil like for me when I get it takes a lot to make me angry right I've taken the personality assessments I am heavily skewed on the laid back side so wow. it takes me a lot to like get there mm-hmm. and once I feel those physical changes changes bubbling up uh just knowing myself, I take that step back. Uh, but there are instances where in which I'm not impacted or affected that way, then yeah, I'm going to do my best to stay in my ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mother didn't raise a punk bitch. There's no punk Period. bitch. <laughs> I don't come from punk bitches. Punk bitch free zone. Her mom has a saying. She, uh, her mantra is, "I hate hoes. Hoes hate me." And just not. <laughs> and I'm looking for <laughs> what the meaning is. <laughs> what you mean? Even <laughs> Okay. You know what? Puerto Rican women from the Bronx are a different breed, you guys. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> that, that's for certain. <laughs> but yeah, I think if you are in the space, if you can recognize that past behaviors uh, that you do minimize yourself, that you do shrink, you do back off, and if you find yourself, I guess, beating yourself up for it or kind of playing that game with yourself, you know, watch yourself talk. You know what I mean? If you're talking noise to yourself afterwards, then mm-hmm. take the time first to address why that is. 
right. and why you show up, maybe don't show up in the ways that you do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that it also, I mean, at the end of the day, we know that it's hard, right? And people, what did Kim Kardashian say? No one wants to fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> No one wants to do the work, you know, because it doesn't feel good to say, you know, that this is what's happening with me to yourself and then to package it up for someone else. It just really doesn't feel great. And if you don't do that, then it'll stay the same. And so what feels worse like, are you okay if things never change because you don't feel comfortable using your voice, even if it shakes? And then eventually, not even just the potential of the situation staying the same, but these emotions have to go somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, I think we're walking around with these actual containers. I'm all for a containment exercise. I support it. But I don't know why we think we're walking around with these containers that just hold our emotions nice and neatly. It doesn't work like that. And these emotions are going to be stored. And eventually they have to go somewhere. And I'm going to argue that's why most of us millennials are experiencing some sort of depression or anxiety right now. Like, yes, the world is on fire. Most of our life, we've seen a lot of chaos and crisis and all of that. I get that part, too. But I think a lot of it is for most of us, we had childhoods where we weren't able to express our emotions. Our emotions were invalidated. We've learned to just sit on them. And now at 30 plus, we're anxious as hell. Depressed as hell because our bodies are responding to all of these emotions we've been carrying for the last 30 some years. Right. On top of the day-to-day shit. Correct. Right. 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 And so that's how I explain to my students. I'm like, okay, let's let's act like you have an empty backpack, right? You get waking up by your mom telling you, why the fuck didn't you clean up them dishes? Damn, you got a brick in your backpack. Okay, you, I told you that you need to hurry up. You're going to be late. Another brick in your backpack. You're late to school. Why are you late? Instead of, hi, good morning, boom, another brick in your backpack. You get to class, it's a, pep, it's a pop quiz. Damn, you didn't study. Another brick in your backpack. Oh, why, why are you wearing Crocs and it's raining? You don't have no other shoes. It's another brick in your backpack notice i didn't say that you've removed any bricks you didn't right you've continued to add and so do you think that that backpack is so easy breezy just oh walking no it's heavy and you're going to stop moving and they're like miss i ain't come here for that (laughs) i'm like you didn't have to but guess what i gave it to you anyway because i love you right I use a toilet analogy. I think I like yours a little bit better. What's the toilet analogy? That eventually your emotions, think about your emotions as the things, and eventually they get clogged up if you keep putting toilet paper in it and you Mm -hmm. flush and flush and put the emotion foot. It's better than that, I promise. But yeah. And so I say eventually what happens, you hit it, the toilet is clogged, and then it overflows. Now, mm-hmm. what happens when it overflows? You have to clean up all these years or months or mm-hmm. whatever of the shit, basically, shit being emotions, experiences right. from the toilet. Yeah. 
It's all true. true. You know, you have to do something with your feelings. Mm -hmm. If someone around you <laughs> that you believe to be your friend continues to make jokes that are insensitive about maybe something you've talked to them in confidence about, mm -hmm. if they continue to, you know, disregard your boundaries to beg you to drink with them, even though you're doing your 75 hard, you know, these are not friends. And so you have to be able to advocate for yourself and say like, nah, I deserve better than this, you know, and we can either, I can let you know what I am expecting of a friend and you can let me know if you can meet those needs. And, and if not, we can move through it, you know, and I'll find a different friend that can meet those needs. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do understand the privilege that I have because I have years of therapy. I have years of introspective work. You know, I do understand that. Um, and I felt the need to, you know, invest in myself because I was tired of doing the same things, hoping for different results. Mm -hmm. Which is not the definition of insanity, but, you know, it will drive you insane. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Grinds my gears people say that. It's the definition of insanity. No, it's not. But all right. Um, I just, yeah, I agree with everything y'all are saying. I can understand it from both perspectives. And it really is just about doing the introspective work, you know, taking that time, take a beat to really check in with yourself. Um, and I do believe also like shutting down is a defense mechanism. Yeah. It definitely is. And at times like you did have to shut down, stop talking because maybe your parent would say something. And if you said something crazy to them, you'll be looking at next week. You know, I do understand it. And at your age, it's time for you to kind of decide that this doesn't serve me anymore. Right. Right. Because our parents carry their own shit. And hopefully in our 30s, we can see and acknowledge that. Not just our parents. This is any adult figure, any parental figure. Um, I've told students before, you know, even uh, it's like, you know, every person in the school is going through something. Every adult, every student, right? But it's how you show up. Right. First for yourself and then for others. Um, and that applies to different areas of life. Uh, once I realized that my parents who were inflicting the types of of tropes and things that we're talking about first uh, onto me that they are flawed individuals, right? They are also trying to figure out the answers. Right. Uh, like Sway, they don't have them. <laughs> and it allowed me to then start breaking down their words as being Bible or right. You know what I mean? And, and just taking it as like, okay, I of course love and respect them more than other people in my life you know, than what a friend may say, but I can also take their words with a little less weight right. and start deciphering things for myself. Yeah, And it takes a while to get there. 
Uh, but just understand that there is a whole new, a whole new aspect ratio of of understanding on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And being clear, sometimes you might not have actual memories of your parents or teachers or whoever caregivers making certain statements about emotions or having certain rules. But we have to also get curious about that voice that we have that tells us it's not safe or tells us that it doesn't matter. Where is this voice coming from? Whose voice is this actually? And then spending some time with that. Is it true that it's not safe to express my emotions? What would make it safer? What do I need so that I can engage in this way so that I can get my needs met or at least practice being heard? Right. Yeah. And you know what I do find difficult when people's parents are unwilling to hear them because I'm like, I'm doing so much work with the kid and they are at the space where they want to share their feelings, right? And hopefully get that closure, but the parent's not there. And so we have to go back to that acceptance of who that person is, right? And say, if it isn't safe to advocate for yourself, then you know, do find some other ways for you to get that need met. Mm -hmm. Because hoping that the person that has been themselves forever to be different without them wanting to actively be different, like you're just setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some tips that I would say, as far as like, moving through that avoidance shutting down behavior would be to look at what are the pros and cons of having this conversation Mm -hmm. right what will what good will come from this what bad i might feel uncomfortable and i might get my needs met if i actually state them and ask for them yeah I was just going to say that I also, if you have a therapist, would highly recommend doing role play um, with your therapist. It is awkward. It is. And it's helpful, right? And I myself love to give like examples to my clients and they're like, just record it. I'm like, immediately not that didn't come from your words like let's find a way that feels authentic to you and your experience so feeling comfortable and safe to have that uncomfortable exchange so that when you do actually get to that conversation you feel prepared yes Mm -hmm. if you aren't currently in therapy then first seek therapy (laughs) and (laughs) Also, just talking out loud, right? That I do that. I was also an only child for a long time. So I do a lot of talking to myself. Um, But just talking the situation, the scenario uh, out loud so that you are practicing it, hearing yourself, you know, and just, yeah. And maybe to maybe to those lines, like recording yourself can be helpful so that you can replay it and hear what you said and then say like, oh, you know, maybe not that. 
Because I don't know, my brain don't be brain in like that. So I'll forget exactly what I said. <laughs> what do you think, America? I would say being gentle with yourself because it it's hard to unlearn a lot of these things. Okay. And they take a lot of intentional practice. They take a certain level of self-awareness. Um, and the same way you didn't learn it overnight, you're not going to unlearn it overnight. Right. So really being careful when you're having these internal conversations. Well, I should be able to do this and I'm not even, okay, mm-hmm. fair. And let's, let's be nicer to ourselves than that. Right. And then I always encourage my clients when we're having these conversations, readjust what the goals are for the conversation. So if you're having this conversation about your feelings because you're hoping it'll change another person or it'll change their perception, you're already going into it with the wrong goal. Right. There's a high probability that's not going to happen. Right. If we go into these conversations about feelings around, my goal for this is to be able to communicate how I feel, period. I'm practicing using my voice when it shakes, right? So this is going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to do this for this reason, for my own benefit. Right. When we think about it that way, it can make it feel more valuable mm-hmm. because that's something you can, you have control over. Right. Putting it in the hands of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I and sometimes that. when we shit, shit down, yikes. When we shut down, it, it has to do more with us than the situation. So yeah, everything you just said. Absolutely. Oh, I feel like a lot just happened. That was the end of the sermon. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I hope that y'all got something great from this conversation. And if maybe you find yourself falling into those negative kind of communication styles, like hopefully you can use some of these tools so that you feel confident, you know, advocating for yourself because you're worth it. Um, And I just want to remind y'all that you can drink the kale smoothies. You can walk 20,000 steps a day. You can hike 15 miles and you can do reformer Pilates. But if you are ignoring the things going on in your head and in your heart, then you're still not truly healthy. So go on ahead and seek therapy. Baby, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> we out here. Bye.